0: Man, I had an early start to my day because I had a new microwave and dishwasher installed because ours were like straight from the 1970s. Nice. Yeah, so it's really great. Loved it. But I kind of just got everything ready today, and I felt pretty good about it. And then I came over to my desk where I put my computer for this recording session, and I guess I hadn't plugged the power cable in all the way. (laughs) So it was just... Just dead. Yep. Not one percent. Just nothing. So then I turned it on, and I. Do you ever have this? This is this is like one of the reasons that I don't like Max. Man, is it turned on? It powered on, and then everything was just like crazy sluggish for like ten minutes, where I think it's probably because it was not charged at all or something like that. I don't really understand computers well enough to know what was happening, but I mean, clicking a button took five to ten seconds as opposed to being an instantaneous thing and uh everything that i was trying to do was taking ten times longer than i wanted it to that's the way it goes yeah computers man you think that they're your friends and then they they actually hate you how you doing over there? I am doing well. I'm
1: I'm quite excited about new computer stuff cuz I did not realize how slow in general my other Mac was until I got this one up and running. So, I've been using it for a little over a week now. I'm I'm pretty excited. How old was your old MacBook? It'll be
0: 2 years old in a month. So not that old. It was one of the Retina Display MacBook Pros?
1: Uh, yes. But it just kind of was kind of clunky. I'm, I'm really hard on computers, especially a Mac. Yeah, I get that. Whenever I run a Mac, I tend to have a lot of things that run in the background all the time. And whenever I do a lot of my development work, right, so it can really take a toll on it. I can end up pushing a Mac to at least that other one, I was pushing it to 75 to 80% of a CPU level, probably 90% of my day. So you do do that every single day for two years almost, and it
0: just gets tired. So you got a new one. You got a new Mac.
1: I did. I didn't intend to get one at this time frame. Well,
0: how did that that happen then?
1: So you remember, last time you and I were recording, we were trying to wrap up the end of that show, and it was kind of a challenge to just even say goodbye because I kept having issues. Yeah. You remember this? Yeah, right, right.
0: I kept trying to tell a story that I wasn't even that committed to telling, and uh, I only got about a quarter through each time, and then I had to restart, and then I kind of gave up on the story because it wasn't that great, and you kept leaving me. Yep, and I still don't know what the
1: story <laughs> was. So it's something about your backyard. That's <laughs> No, it's great, it's great. Don't worry about it. So that particular instant in time, I realized that I had pushed that computer one step too far, and effectively what happened was something called an HFS Plus error, Okay, which I don't know. You've You've probably followed the Cortex podcast for quite some time am i right in saying that oh yeah totally cgp gray had an issue this is maybe a year ago at this point um i think it was on his imac that he does a lot of his work on. He had an issue very similar to what I had, where you can save a file and it may just disappear. It may come back. It may be there. It might not. You don't really know until you try to open it and it's not there. This creates problems. And eventually this, this whole thing permeates into the rest of the operating system, into program files, and programs just randomly stop running because it doesn't have its files in the background. Uh, I, I think what actually happened was there, there's a difference between the file on your hard drive, mm-hmm. and the index that you see of that hard drive... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, mine got misaligned. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's it's not good. And yeah. there... There are ways to fix this, all of them quite expensive and very time-consuming. And I was looking at the the cost of actually fixing this and what it would take to overcome the problem. And I compare the amount of dollars that it would take to actually fix this, the age of the computer, the fact that new MacBook Pros were just released. Right and decided that it wasn't worth it. It was time for a new. Community. Do you do uh, do you do backups of your hard drive? Yes. The problem with that is this issue permeates into the backups.
0: So That's what I remember from what he was talking about is that you can go into the backups but everything looks fine from your end, right? So it's not like it's one file that's lost. it's like all these files are now very strange, and that's probably been right. that's probably been backing up for quite some time, is that right?
1: yeah, and i think I think I got lucky because I'm pretty sure when you and I stopped recording last time that was the moment in time when it happened. Oh wow, okay so I'm almost certain that that's the issue because you know in Gray's specific instance he didn't really know when did this start when it was? yeah, he didn't know any of that mm-hmm. and Because I was fairly certain that was the moment in time, because it was that exact moment that things started acting kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, I immediately turned off all my backup structures and stopped saving new files on the computer itself if I could. Yeah, So that helped quite a Bit just having that knowledge, but at the same time, you know, brand new MacBook Pro. You know, those things aren't cheap, especially because I always max them out. So they're not they're not a cheap asset to buy for a business. But at the same time, I have to have that to run my business. Otherwise, my business is gone. So yeah, your business is kind of a computer. Right, right. Without Mm -hmm. said MacBook Pro, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. So I I I do the best I can to keep an emergency fund for that instance around. So the moment I saw that I had this problem. I pretty much just contacted my wife via text and said, I have a computer problem. I'm ordering a new one right now. So (laughs) that's that's about the extent of it.
0: A plumbing company came and installed the uh, dishwasher and microwave in my house today, and they told me, I asked for their business card because I'm kind of new to the area still. So a
1: plumbing company installed the microwave?
0: The dishwasher. But yes, also the microwave. Okay. Don't 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 think too much about that. It's fine. <laughs> okay. It, it's it's a, it's an over-the-range microwave and got it. The microwave didn't require any major plumbing, but it <laughs> the dishwasher did. But I asked for their card and when they gave it to me, they said the phone number works, but the website does not. Oh. Which is fine for a plumbing company, right? Because it's like whatever. Right. I'm just gonna give them a call. Yep. But for you For you, my friend, you can't get away with uh, (laughs) those things not working. Nope. So the computer is uh, a very valuable part of your business. So which one did you go with? Did you go with the touch bar?
1: I did. So it's the one I went with, 13-inch. MacBook Pro. I would have guessed 15. Well, I would normally think about going the larger screen, but I like that it's smaller and more portable. Mm -hmm. And because I have a lot of clients that I meet face-to-face, it's really helpful to have that such that I can travel very quickly with it. Yeah. I like them smaller. So
0: Yeah, that's one that I have as well. Are you, uh, are you now comfortable and initiated into the giant trackpad? Uh, yes. Now, I
1: need to clarify, though, because before before I started my business, I worked for a virtual company. And the, the Mac setup I had for that was probably Dream Mac setup because I had one of the black Mac Pro trash can deals. Right, right. Um, that was my home computer. And then I had a Mac MacBook Air that I traveled with. And the Mac Pro, I had it set up with three of the 27-inch Thunderbolt displays. Oh, wow. So with that, I had the wireless keypad, and I had the the wireless, what do they call it, the magic trackpad or something, the large one that you can get that's a Bluetooth to connect to that. Yeah,
0: the external trackpad. Yeah,
1: I ran with that external trackpad for a couple years on that specific setup. And it was, you know, if I'm looking at this MacBook Pro versus that, they're roughly the same size. Yeah. So. It's interesting that they got one that size put into the MacBook Pro. So that wasn't a huge change to me, but it's is—it's kind of nice.
0: I like it. How do you feel about the touch bar? Are you liking it?
1: That thing kind of changed the way I do my work, and I was not expecting that at all. I would not be expecting that either. Tell me what you mean by that. So... It's interesting how many different things I can use that touch bar for. Switching back and forth between, uh, namely web browsers. So keep in mind, I do a lot of web development, which means that I have code open on one end of things, and I'm looking at Safari or Chrome mostly on the other end because no one likes Internet Explorer. I think it's Edge now. Is it Edge? Yeah, it's Edge.
0: Oh, right, yeah, because Windows 10 is running Edge, which is yeah. probably worse. So Also Firefox. I know somebody who's still a Firefox user, and I just really appreciate that. (laughs) that yeah I think they're like you know one of the last the last holdouts I don't even test on Firefox anymore.
1: That's how bad it is. Yeah.
0: Well, l- let me tell you, looking at their screen sometimes, no one tests on Firefox anymore.
1: <laughs> That's probably true.
0: Yeah. Think about, you know, if you're used to Touch Bar at all,
1: how that is helpful whenever you're just navigating the web. Mm-hmm. Like you can see your multiple tabs there, open new ones, you can see your favorites. That by itself makes it crazy fast for me to get to the different code bases that I want to go to. Because I'm, I'm back and forth on GitHub a lot. So I have the three or four... For code bases on GitHub that I need to access right there in that favorites bar so yeah just tapping the plus icon there to get a new tab and then immediately hitting the code base for it like that single-handedly makes it faster
0: I know a lot of people have been pretty uh, negative on the touch bar and in all honesty I'm not sure if my experience with it is definitely not a, a feature that would have made me upgrade to a new computer just for it but I've liked it I think it's pretty neat and there's some cool there's some cool things that you can do with it that make life a little bit easier which is kind of what it's all about I'm really loving the touch ID that comes with that though oh man yeah that's amazing I want touch ID on everything so (laughs) of course of course that's a good thing
1: yep yep are you a one password user being able to unlock that with touch ID both on the Mac and my phone that that has completely changed the way that I do passwords just in general. So, yeah. Yeah, super happy about that.
0: You know, I've had this computer. So I I had the past iteration. You got the like newly spec upgrade that just came out at WWDC. Yeah. And I I got one back in December or January or whatever it was, pretty recently after it first was announced. And uh, I only realized yesterday that the Touch ID button is also the power button. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Anyways, I was actually really excited about the Touch Bar for Final Cut and Logic. Um, but unfortunately, I haven't been able to use it too much in either of those programs. For Final Cut, it's because I'm just so used to the keyboard shortcuts that it feels like it would be in some ways a downgrade to start using the the touch bar to do the same things that I'm so accustomed right. to doing already. It just would be a relearning process. But for Logic, and I would love to be wrong about this, I really should do some more research, but for Logic, it seems like the touch bar is really centered around uh, music. There's a lot of things that you can do to make music and Logic with the touch bar, but not a lot of really neat editing shortcuts, which as I've kind of been relearning logic over the last couple of weeks or month However long it's been now would have been great. That's exactly what it would be really useful for: is to help you dive into some of the the pro features, the the hidden shortcuts, without having to learn them all. But I just I haven't been able to make it work for me. But I I should do some experimenting and and try again because it's really really nice when it works well. Do you ever have the problem that a lot of people seem to have of kind of accidentally touching it as you're doing something else, or do your fingers just kind of not rest there?
1: I've seen a lot of people struggle with this. Even I set a profile up on it for my wife and she struggled with tapping things accidentally all the time. I think because I do development I'm very particular about what I'm touching and where. Yeah. I'm super aware of that. Can't say that I've had that issue even so much that, you know, the the Siri icon is right above the delete button. And a lot of people kept saying they kept touching that. And I did a couple times, which was annoying. But now I, I changed that so that it's not Siri. It's actually the lock button, which some people would say is worse. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I like having lock and unlock right next to each other there. So I, I don't have that problem. It's not something I deal with. No,
0: I put show desktop where Siri used to be uh, because I just don't ever really use Siri on my Mac whatsoever the thing that I was doing that was annoying and it was just seriously a simple bit of retraining that was needed but it seemed like I I tended to rest my left hand right where the escape key is okay (laughs) yeah yeah which you know obviously no longer requires you to uh, tap it you just kind of need to touch it and so I would always be I don't know on safari or something different and I would just kind of I don't know what I don't and I'm not going to try it right now. I don't know what escape does, but it does something not great when you're <laughs> when your fingers on it and you're just trying to browse the web or do right. something different. Um, so I had to I had to change my change my hand positions just a little bit. But once that was once that was done, it was no big deal. Uh, I really like it a lot. I love the keys. The keys are great. Um, it's it's a great computer, oh, yeah. man. What, what color did you go with? Space gray. Of course, yeah. I, I didn't think that you were a rose gold man, but you know, I just to, not to check. really my thing. No, no, you're not, you're not. styling with the rose gold. No, not for me. Okay. Now, here's here's a question about email. What do you do? You use the mail app? Uh, I hate email. Well, we all do. Yeah, I've tried many times to find a thing that's better, and I haven't. And I actually just gave up and tried something new recently, which has stuck for months now which is I'm using Google's Inbox app. Oh, yeah. Which isn't an app on the desktop. It's uh, just a website. And uh, I just have it as a pinned tab. And that's been just fine for me. What about you?
1: I have been a Gmail user for about four years. So just using Gmail straight up. And the main reason for that is the keyboard shortcuts.
0: Oh, you mean like Gmail in the browser? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Stick to the browser. Go with that.
1: Yep. So... I've done that for at least four years, maybe longer, and I've gotten a high volume of email for a long time. So just knowing the the keyboard shortcuts for archive this, delete that one, reply all, reply, like all those things are just muscle memory. One thing I, I started to explore whenever I got this computer was trying out mail again because I realized it had been a long time since I had used it. And I, I was certain it had come a long ways. And I, I pulled it up just to see what it looked like and see how it worked because I'm so great at keeping up with these things that I didn't even know what it looked like anymore. Right. I, I opened it up and the First thing I noticed was all the the icons that showed up on the touch bar for it uh-huh. to allow me to do the whole archive and delete and mark as spam, all that stuff. Oh, that's kind of nice. And I, I quickly figured out you can edit, like you can customize the touch bar in certain applications, Mail being one of those. Uh-huh. You can kind of see where I'm going with this. I'm now a Mail user.
0: Yeah, well, and as you talk, I am uh, personally opening Mail for probably the first time in... Three or four years, so that might work on me too. Well,
1: it's interesting because I moved something. I moved that touch bar around, and it's. I think I've completely redone it now. But I've got it to where if I'm on a message, I can reply, reply all, forward, those types of things uh, from the left hand side on the touch bar, and then I've got the whole archive, delete, mark as spam thing uh, over on the other side. And then you can also set it up once you're editing or writing an email. You can put the send button on there as well, which is interesting because that one you have to hold your finger there. It doesn't just go the first time you tap it, I figured out, which is probably smart. That is smart. That way you don't act accidentally send it. So you have to be very intentional to send the email. But I, I did some quick, not math, but just paying attention to hand movement and number of keys that I have to hit in order to do all of the different actions in email and realize that the touch bar actually does cut back on the hand movement that goes into processing email Email for me. Hmm. So just knowing that for the last week and a half, I've been using Mail for my email as opposed to Gmail, primarily because of Touch Bar.
0: Wow! And I am now looking at Mail primarily because of Touch Bar myself. Yeah, this is really nice. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. 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 Mail. I'm kind of interested. This is this is good. It still looks kind of lame, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Don't be too picky on UI. <laughs> yeah. UI. I mean, it is it is email. So how good can it possibly get? Right. Right. Okay. Neat. I'm interested in this. I haven't really paid attention to any of the changes coming to uh, the Mac with High Sierra. I don't know if you have or not. I I haven't
1: because... It seemed like so many of those were dependent on some of the newer hardware, and I didn't have mm. said newer hardware until a week ago, week and a day or so. So now I'm like, oh, okay, now I need to go take a look at this because you know I'm I'm latest and greatest now, so that's something on my radar. So I haven't done it yet, but I need to go take a look because
0: I don't know I don't know what they did. Looks like the main change in mail is something called Top Hits, which uh, is kind of doing looks like maybe a little bit of machine learning to your searches so that when you search for something, it tries to find what you're actually looking for a little bit quicker. Okay. Which is that's pretty nice. I'm down with that. Sure. I tend to search by name or keyword on the subject line anyway. So it says top hits reflects the mail you've read, the senders you reply to, your VIPs, and more. The more you search, the smarter it gets. So oh it'll 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 get to know that real quick from you. I I'm sure it will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I search my email yeah. a lot. So okay. I, I hope it yeah. figures me out. Yeah you sound you sound pretty excited by it. Not really. Thrilled. Anything else that you like the touch bar for? Are you kind of finding it useful for just browsing around? Or I really appreciate it in photos. I don't know if you paid attention to that, but it just gives this pretty visually delightful gallery of your photos that you can kind of scroll through, which is nice.
1: Yeah, I set up the so some of the preferences for it. I've got mine set to where if I hit the function key, it expands that control center. Yeah, me too. I set it up to where I can hit function and do that, which is helpful for photos and such. I'm really lame and tend to just use preview for those sorts of things because most of the time, what I'm doing is I'm getting logos or branding or that sort of thing from clients and I need to resize it or crop it. And that's mostly what I'm doing with it.
0: Yeah, but but you don't you don't like take photos for pleasure?
1: I do, but I'm not one that's going to do all the editing on them. That's usually going to be my wife who okay. just use this computer to do, I've got the Adobe suite because I do so much other stuff with photos too for client work. Sometimes people will send me a backlog of say products that they're going to put on their website. to It's like an e-commerce thing. Right. They will literally send me a thousand photos that all need to be resized. That's a nightmare to do by hand. So that pretty much that one instance is one main reason that I keep Photoshop around because you can run scripts on those things and just do them all in bulk right that's really helpful so i've got some one-off instances you know people send me vectors once in a while that i need to change up a little bit so i'll use illustrator for that there's just a bunch of random things and just having that around makes life easier long story short my wife used photoshop uh yesterday on some photos and so this particular computer, I've got it upgraded to the 16 gig of RAM and the fastest processor I can get in this, the 3.5 with the burst up to 4.1, I think. So she was running that and, I don't know, two or three other things like Illustrator and Bridge or something all at one time and they never blinked. So she was pretty excited by that. Yeah, that sounds nice. But that has more to do with internals than it does Touch Bar.
0: I like Touch Bar though. Yeah, well, I'm, gra- I'm glad you liked your new computer, man. That's pretty cool. I'm excited. Didn't you also get another new computer? Did I? see that on your Instagram or something like that? Me? Uh, yeah. Like a gaming computer? <laughs> that was, so,
1: I don't know where that stuff come, came from. Was it you? Did you send me that stuff? No, it was not me.
0: <laughs> I, I, I I wish that I had one.
1: <laughs> well, I... I don't know who sent them to me, so whoever you are out there, if you're listening to this, thank you. I'm very grateful. Uh, They sent me a Razer Death Adder, is what it's called. The mouse, which is a gaming mouse, Mm -hmm. which has a few extra buttons and stuff on it. I had a Mad Cat's Mouse 9, which is also an old... That thing's probably five years old at this point. It's a Rat 9, if you're familiar with gaming mice, turned into an office wireless mouse. That's what the Mouse 9 is. I'm giving you all kinds of weird technical terms now sorry about that but my old one had 12 different buttons on it that I had programmed to do all sorts of things and about a year and a half ago there was an update to uh, the Mac operating system that rendered the software on that useless and they hadn't gotten it updated it still isn't updated for the mad
0: cats mouse well you know that mad cats is no more
1: yeah that's the problem so (laughs) So
0: they're yeah they're 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 done their days of making strange looking accessories are over so I, I doubt you'll be seeing an update for that
1: i liked them though
0: did you they were always the the people that made really bad n64 controllers in my in my eyes (laughs) got it well i loved
1: the mouse 9 for a long time and because i couldn't get an update to it it's basically a useless you know yeah it's gone yeah so whoever this person is they sent me a, a razor death adder which is the chroma? It cycles different colors on the scroll wheel and on the logo on the palm of it. It's really cool, super awesome. But what you're probably thinking of for computer actually is not a computer. It's a mouse pad. Oh, that's what it is. Interesting. Yeah, Razer Firefly is what that's called. Okay. I would never buy one of these for myself, but now that I have one, I love it. So <laughs> this thing is what is it? It's probably 14 inches wide. Is it a LED lit trackpad? It is. So this trackpad, it has a USB plug-in on it. My God. And you can set it up, and around the perimeter of it, there's a set of lights. So it glows, like it sits up, I don't know, maybe an eighth of an inch off the table. And in that eighth of an inch, it's glowing the colors down onto the tabletop. And then the logo on the top right-hand corner is also glowing in the same color. I just have them set up. They cycle colors, and they run through the full... (laughs) Anyway. Wow. So, yes, it's a a light-up map. Mouse pad that's some extreme stuff right there i like them a lot
0: i don't think i would ever buy them for myself but i love them whoever you are thanks yeah well that's a that's the perfect definition of a gift something that you would never buy for yourself yeah it's pretty cool i know yeah are you a gamer those seem like gamer things no so, okay all right interesting <laughs> they're very gaming but i am far from a gamer you got to play some player unknown battlegrounds with that thing man i think the mouse is
1: geared more towards like a first-person shooter thing because the two buttons on the top and i've reprogrammed them by now but they were designed to change the sensitivity. So essentially what you could do is you could hit those and the mouse would go from moving clear across the screen just by barely moving it to you'd have to really move it across the entire mouse pad to move it even an inch on the screen. Which I think, if you know, I'm not a gamer, but I think that's really great if you're doing shooting games like sniper type thing. Yeah, you got to do some sniping stuff. Yeah, no scope. Yeah, that's that's what I think it's for. But it's really nice for... Uh, website development.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, I like it. Well, I I need all the updates on Joe's Secret Admirer, just so that you know. Okay. If you get any leads... Please keep me updated because I'm I'm just as interested as maybe more interested than you are.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, because I, I I have all kinds of questions. Like one, how did you get my address? Two, what <laughs> made you think to give me this? Uh, three, like I, I like I've talked about my mouse nine before and how I've had some issues on it, but that's been a while ago. So if you're trying to solve that problem, well done. <laughs> but that's an old problem for what I've talked about publicly. I don't think I would have ever thought to do. The mouse pad, but here we are.
0: Yeah, I don't know who but I've been asking around for quite a while now and don't know. Also, checking in on your social circle, uh, since I saw that via your Instagram, I did see that you had a stoner in your possession. I do. A book that we talked about at our very beginning of Whims at Work. Did you take a look at it yet, or is it still, I think that wasn't too long ago that you ended up getting that book, and it was in a pile of books, so I don't blame you if you haven't gotten to it yet.
1: Yeah, so that one is probably about three, four weeks out right now. Mm-hmm. I queue them up as they come in. I put them in line and I, I go through them one a week so that one i I picked it up purely because you said it was a good book and thought I'd be it'd be a good one for me so well, be careful what you recommend <laughs> yeah well I guess we'll find out
0: we'll find out how uh, how my recommendations actually actually do for you there's some other good books in there, right? You got The Art of Thinking Clearly, Getting Things Done, which I don't know. Is that just like literally getting things done? I don't think so, right? So
1: Getting Things Done, you're familiar with the David Allen version of that? Of course, that?
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: so that's like the productivity everybody knows, Getting Things Done by David Allen. This is
0: pre-David Allen's popularity, so... Oh, I, I actually didn't know that there was a Getting Things Done pre-David Allen. That's news to me.
1: I didn't either, but I had a conversation with um, Mike Vardy over at Productivityist, and he recommended that one, and I thought, well, that's interesting. It's right up my alley, so I'll give it a try. So I'm doing the same thing with Vardy saying, okay, I'm going to find out how good your recommendations are for me. So <laughs> I went and bought that one, and I'll, I'll go through that one at some point. So yes, I had a pile of books come in. Uh, a couple of those, I think, are for Bookworm. The others are recent recommendations by a few
0: other people that I want to go through. That's cool. Uh, I personally have a little book update since we talked about my discovery of the library a couple weeks ago, which is, well, one, iOS 11 has added some pretty neat features for me. I was kind of lamenting the ability to take notes easily. Okay. My plight has yet to be fully figured out. (laughs) I was kind of hoping it would solve it because I think I'm in your boat too. Yeah, it didn't solve it, but I, I don't know if you paid attention or not, but there's uh this notes has a, a few features that just are really nice for note-taking in general, but also note-taking from physical books. We talked a while ago about how I was using uh, an app called Prismo Go to scan things. Right. And uh, Apple really added their own feature that is quite comparable to the the quickness of uh, uh, Prismo Go. It's just a scanning app, but basically it's it's really good enough where you don't have to have the the page dead on. It can just kind of understand where the edges of the thing are and then immediately take that picture and let you move on to the next scan. So it's really great. I was kind of afraid that it would a lot of these, you know, it's it's really only meant for a single page and then you kind of have to go through the whole workflow again of tapping the make a scan and do all this kind of stuff, but it's just as meant to to scan multiple pages back to back to back to back. And this is the Apple Notes version? Yeah, just okay. straight on in Apple Notes. Basically, when you go to create a new note, there's a part where you can change it so that you can add bullets or um, I think you can add a spreadsheet now and in that same area where those things are, there's also the option to scan a page. So it's like, built in ready to go nice and they've incorporated OCR into notes but I'm not sure if they've incorporated OCR into pictures inside of notes so that's a little bit of a shame but basically at this point I'm just really interested in anything that'll make my note taking page scanning workflow quicker And in a lot of ways, it definitely has. So I'm totally into it, and I'm going to be using that from now on. Uh, And then on the other end of things, what I'm really happy about is the ability for the Notes app, and any app in general, that can do split screen to hover over an app that does not support split screen. Oh. So, I know you're not a Kindle user, but Kindle has been pretty notorious for never updating to actually take advantage of split screen on the iPad. <laughs> are they are they kind of known
1: for not really ever
0: updating? Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> known for never updating anything. So, we'll get that in like 2025 or 2030. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, or maybe not at all. Yeah, exactly. But basically, the way that the iPad works now is that if you find an app like that, you can just literally put a another app on top of it that's what I'm doing right now. And it's really nice. You can just kind of conveniently swipe the pane away entirely so that it's off the screen. And then you could just sort of do a swipe gesture to bring the app back on top. So when I'm trying to get notes out of a book, I can really, really easily do that without having to constantly be switching the primary app on my iPad. So those two things, they really come a long way in letting me take notes quickly. So I'm, I'm super into that. And I've actually found myself taking notes on books where I probably would have otherwise been not interested in it. You ever come across a book where you're like, ah, uh, this is probably like the only thing I'm going to find from it. right? Or like you only find a couple of things as you, you go through the entire book. In, in, in past days, iOS 10 days, I probably would have just skipped it entirely. Um, but now it's, it's so convenient that I'm able to just take those notes really quick. So right. I'm, I'm really happy with it. I love it. It's a little bit buggy, but you know, iOS 11 on the whole is more than a little bit buggy. So I'm I'm expecting that as the betas continue and that comes out in the fall, we'll have a really nice new note taking
1: method. Well, I wouldn't expect a beta to be not buggy. I suppose.
0: Yeah, like a, a few times when I've tried to do the page scanning thing, I should take like a video and record it next time <laughs> it does it. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it does that. It does that really great thing where you know it it tries to predict where the page is and kind of does this cool overlay saying, "Is this the page?" Oh yeah, like sets the sides of the page, that sort of thing. Exactly, and um, it's uh like freaked out and just done this kind of crazy thing where the, the little edges go all over and it can like never make a decision and it just never actually scans anything. It just says basically like I give up. and uh, <laughs> When computers get tired. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's that's not great right now, but I'm pretty positive that's a beta thing and not a Apple Notes thing. So that's cool.
1: I wanted to go back to your OCR thing. Do you know, you said you were going to try this at some point of taking a
0: picture of handwritten notes to see if it could OCR that. Have you done that? Oh, yeah. And it was terrible. So that was that was that. <laughs> OK. Yeah. The Prismo Go thing is definitely only made for text. Well, printed text on a page is what I mean by that. I'm, I'm still hoping that somebody gets that figured out, the
1: whole handwriting so I can search it thing. OK, I'll I'll keep waiting and I'll keep asking you questions
0: because I haven't upgraded to iOS 11 yet. Yeah. And I'll keep testing. Don't worry. This is really my number. <laughs> this is really honestly, it's a strange thing to have as my number one like desire. But it really has become a bit of an obsession <laughs> over the last few months of really just wanting it. And I mean, part of it is just because I've really been getting back into reading over the last couple of years. uh, I looked at my Goodreads, and I think I've read about 30 books at this point this year, which is, you know, pretty serviceable. That's a decent amount of books. Right. And to not be able to, like, go back just really frustrates me. We've never really talked about personalities before. Have you done any Strength Finders, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, all that?
1: I have, but it's been a while.
0: You're You're not like a person that really loves that. I can tell if you... Like, don't remember any of them?
1: No, I, I tend to be very introspective. Like, I, I pay attention to how I act in certain situations. I'm very self-aware in that sense. So, you know, if you start asking me, do you do this or do you not do this? I'm usually pretty good at saying yes or no, but I just have never really taken the time
0: to do a lot of the personality tests. That that makes total sense. And in, in earnest, I'm not sure if I'm huge on personality tests myself, especially personality tests that are so extreme. Um, even though Myers Briggs is a good example of that. I feel like so many people find themselves in the middle of categories, the obvious one being extrovert, introvert, right, which we, we talked about before actually. Right, because you're an ambivert. Um, yeah, I'm an ambivert. Um, so you know, whether I am an E or an I is just different depending on the day. But a while ago, actually for work. I took the the strength finders, which is a, an interesting test. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that was really helpful for me was it said that one of my strengths was input. Basically just saying that I like having data and, you know, I'm the kind of person that will always reference the book that I've read or the the article that I've seen or the, the study that I, I learned about. And I actually kind of always thought of that as maybe not a weakness but definitely not as strength. And the strength finders helped me recognize that that's just as part of my personality. And so all that being said, that's part of the reason why I really want to be able to reference books. It just is like inherent in my personality and inherent in my character is I didn't read this just to forget it. You know, I read it so that I, I could have it to reference. I, I read it so that I could remember it or recall it at another time or or use it in something that I'm writing, or use it in something that I'm trying to create. So the fact that we just still to this day don't really have a a super great way of archiving all the stuff that we read is kind of a challenge for me. In any case, I'm the kind of person that wants to search the stuff that I'm looking at, and to not be able to do that is a bummer. I, I had something else I wanted to bring up, okay. which is that um, you know a while ago I talked about how I loved the app Oyster. Oh, right, 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 right. I mourn its death every day. I hold like a candlelight vigil once a week <laughs> for this beautiful app that I don't have anymore. Right. Um, well, weirdly enough, because I, I told you I've been looking into library books and the app Overdrive that they have. A few months ago, uh, Overdrive actually came out with a new app called Libby, which is kind of a more beautiful book app. It's an ebook reader oh. that they've kind of been developing in tandem with their, with their old one, Overdrive. And it's awesome. It actually reminds me a little bit of Oyster. There's a few of the things that it does that are, are a little bit similar. Uh, it seems like it's trying, not necessarily as successful as Oyster was, but of course, this is like a, a public project where Oyster was a pay-for app. Right. It kind of gives you recommendations, and, and has all these different ways of looking and sorting through the books, which is it's really amazing. And I just sort of stumbled across it yesterday. I think I was just trying to re-download the OverDrive app on my iPad, and I saw that there were two apps that OverDrive was building and downloaded this one as well. And man, I just highly recommend it. So if anyone is, uh, is an ebook reader that has or has not yet got a library card, get one, and then download this Libby app. And um, you might be kind of surprised, like I was, at, at how nice it is. Now, Libby, how do you spell it? L-I-B-B-Y? Yeah, L-I-B-B-Y. Okay. And it's got this kind of nice little... I think it's sort of meant to be like a librarian. Uh, got this nice little happy face reading a book.
1: Uh, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: And it just, it's really nice. Overdrive is, is pretty clunky, which is fine because it's a conduit for free books. So how much can you really ask out of it? Um, but basically, even in the app, I found myself constantly having to like re-log into my library. And it's basically just a web wrapper for the library websites that you're going to. Where Libby is like a full blown app where it recommends different books to you. There's two different panes at the bottom, one of them being the library, one of them being your bookshelf. Some of the actual ebook reading features I feel like are quite nice. They've they've chosen some pretty decent fonts, given you a few different options for how the book displays, and then they also um, have a really nice, in my opinion, audiobook reader which is awesome. So all those things combined, I just really fell in love with the app immediately and I'm super happy with it. I checked out, like, checked out, quote unquote, still so weird to me, (laughs) three or four different books that I hadn't seen that my library had. So I'm just super, super happy with it.
1: Yeah, so how does... Yeah. Do you have a Kindle? Like, how does it compare to a legit Kindle? Do you know?
0: I have a Kindle and it's one of those things. I have a Kindle somewhere. <laughs>
1: so not a regular user of said Kindle. <laughs> it, I'm not
0: a regular user of it. It's, it's actually really nice on stuff like when you're going to go on a vacation and you know you're going to be sitting at the beach a lot or one of those kinds of things. My, my wife actually likes it pretty decently. I wouldn't say that she's like in love with it or uses it all the time. When we both remember that we have a Kindle, we love the Kindle. But then we put the Kindle down and then sort of forget about it. <laughs> Go use the iPad instead. <laughs> and, and in earnest, even though maybe I, I should be more worried about this kind of stuff, I've never been the kind of person that feels annoyed by a backlit screen. I've never felt like that keeps me awake at night. I've never got headaches from a screen. So those things, you know, if that's a problem for you, the Kindle is really great. But that never has seemed to be a major problem for me. And then like I'm saying... I'm the dude that wants to take rigorous notes and taking notes <laughs> no. on the Kindle isn't necessarily the greatest experience. So um, it's much better to to do that kind of stuff on my iPad.
1: Well, and the iPad's kind of geared towards, you know, annotate this, t- grab a screenshot. Like it's, it's really geared towards that sort of thing. So that's where I feel like... That's right. Having something that's made for interacting with things and creating things yeah which is kind of weird to say since the ipad was considered a content consumption device at first it seems like it's finally making some of that transition to a into a content creation device as i'm saying this yeah so because it's made so much of that transition having an ebook reader on the ipad makes a lot of
0: sense because you start to develop ways that you can interact with the book itself that's right and I mean, I think you talked about this a while ago, that one of the reasons that you're not a huge fan of it is because of that distraction. Right, right. It's hard for me to stay on it. I think that years ago, and even up until last year, that was a bigger dilemma for me. And at this point, it really isn't. It's like, when I know I'm going to read a book, I'm going to read a book. And when I know I'm not going to read a book, I'm not going to read a book. So yeah, I just, I I prefer it. And like today, this morning, I woke up and, as as I keep referring to... I was waiting for this guy to come and install some stuff and I just sat with my book and read something that I just checked out from the library and it was great it was a great experience of just kind of sitting there in the morning and browsing Twitter a little bit and reading book a lot of bit and having having that be my morning.
1: Nice. I like I like the whole book in the morning thing. That's that's a big part of my morning
0: rituals. I spend about 45 minutes reading every morning. So That sounds excellent. I would like to do that more. I'm definitely not there. I for a long time was at a, at a place where I wouldn't open Twitter at, until after I got some work done. Oh, yeah. I'm not there right now. I've been opening it a little bit more than I'm comfortable with. But yeah, it was it was a good morning today.
1: I know that the the thing I have struggled with for a long time is email in the morning. Yeah. Like that's, you know, as much as we love email.
0: Well, I'm actually in a place in my life where that just isn't necessarily a huge problem. I'm just not getting many emails that I need to respond to immediately. Right. So I think I'm like in a, in a healthy, happy place with that. But I know most of the world is not in that zone. Well, I have clients, so... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm well aware.
1: So if, if I have an email at and I find out about it at 5.15 in the morning and I realize a, a project is complete, I know that it's the fastest way I can possibly get an invoice in their hands the quicker I'm paid. So, yeah, it's it's hard to avoid email in the morning when your income is directly tied to it in some form. So, you know, if that's if that's the way that you're communicating with the people who are going to give you money, <laughs> it's it's hard to say I'm not going to check this for the next 4 hours.
0: Okay. Yeah, you kind of got to check it. I wanted to bring up Twitter with you cuz we we sort of touched on it a while ago and you said, "Yeah, it's not really my it's not like a huge draw for you." Right? Right. Right. You said Instagram was kind of like a family place. Kind of, yeah. You said Facebook was a barren wasteland. Is that right? (laughs) Yes. I I didn't know if I was projecting that or not, but. (laughs) No,
1: not a projection. Very much based in reality. (laughs) Okay,
0: good, good. So you don't really have any social network, so to speak, that you find constantly pulling on you.
1: I I don't have, at least not from a social media standpoint, like a, a specific network, if you will. If there's something that's going to pull on me, it's probably going to be uh, the Guild, the Productivity Guild, mm-hmm. which is a site that I run and it's run on Discourse forum. So it's a site that I spend a lot of time thinking through the future of, mm-hmm. and it's about to be something I'm going to spend a lot of time on. But that, again, is a form of promotion for my business. So there's a bit of a tie to it in that sense, because it's a direct conversation with people who either have paid me for a product in the past or are very closely tied to me in a way to where they could. And I like having close contact with them. I could do a lot of the same thing on Twitter, but I don't have as much control over the platform at self that way and it seems to be more of a broadcast shot to to have conversations there in that way so I tend to focus more on the guild instead so if I'm going to spend time somewhere it's probably going to be there but even that I don't spend a ton of time there
0: interesting I think we talked about it a little bit but I've been trying to figure out how Twitter functions in my life the the role that it plays in my life where for a long time it was a really huge part of it definitely took up a lot of my time every day I followed a lot of people and now at this point I really scaled back. I took a few months off of it. I tried to be really mindful of the people that I follow. I whittled that list way, way down. I'm trying to always keep it underneath 100 people at this point. So these are all things that I've done to try and make sure that if I am interacting with the social network that clearly has some sort of pull on me, then I want to kind of do it by my terms. And then the, the thing that it's really made me just wonder is is there such a thing as like a meaningful distraction in life? Because There's no two ways about it. Twitter is a distraction for me. There's at any given moment, whether it be the, the morning right when I wake up or before I fall asleep or during my lunch, I could be doing something with that time. And the thing that I'm doing is being on Twitter, right? So I'm making that decision to spend time in something that is in a way a distraction. But I guess what I'm trying to wonder is if that's like if that's okay. Yeah, because I do so much work in the world of productivity
1: where there are a lot of this is the best way to do this articles out there. And there's a lot of push on productivity canon, which is this is the exact way you need to do this. Like we're going to set goals. Here's the exact process you're supposed to go through to do this. And I tend to rebel against some of that because those are all ideals and they, they tend to project what you should and shouldn't do. And That's not real life in my opinion. Like that's not, it's not the way I'm going to actually live. Uh, If I live that way, I'm a robot and I'm just going through the paces of how things are supposed to be done. I'm following the list, doing the next thing, not even considering what the next thing is. Like that just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a fulfilling life to me. So that's where, you know, I I try to, if I'm going to take a break, I'll read a book or, you know, just stare at the wall because it gives me a chance to just sit in uh, a mental absence, if you will. But at the same Time it's still fun to check in on things. I check in on Instagram quite a bit just because it's kind of fun to see what other people are doing. It's probably not perfect for my productivity efficiency, but really, who cares? <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of like just having the ability to float around here and there. And I think you're right. I think there's something to that where having that that kind of a, a break, if you will, having that is is something that it can be a re-energizing thing for you. So that when you do step back into your actual work, you're better prepared for it. Does that make sense? Like, the, it's a way to give you the cyclical burn energy, gain energy, burn energy, gain energy, that whole process.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's actually, that's perfectly said, in my opinion, because the reason that I really joined Twitter so long ago was because it actually felt like a productivity booster where I would go on it and I would see things and I would be inspired by them. Like I said, that I'm I'm so input based. right? Just this constant stream of input of different interesting articles or people's creative projects and it really made me want to go and do my own thing. And I think part of it is feeling like over the years that stream of positivity has kind of turned into a stream of negativity and I don't know if that's just the way things have gone, if it's the way that I've kind of curated my own stream, if it's just where we are in the world today, if it's the way that we communicate on the internet now does. It, I I don't really know exactly what I'm trying to to say. How how I'm trying to put it into words, but I think that's been a big problem. Is the the thing that I'm I'm looking for is a place to make me feel more energized. And going and seeing negative articles or or opinion pieces or some daily controversy sort of kills that ability. And that that's sort of where I've been lately. Is can I reclaim this to be the thing that it used to be for me? A great example is I actually just met up with a guy named Matthew he was one of the people working for Workflow you know Workflow yes big fan use it yeah literally every day yeah exactly so and it's just somebody that I was following on Twitter I've been following him on Twitter for a long time at some point he ended up following me And then he knew that I moved into the Northern California area. He lives in the Bay Area. He saw that I was in San Francisco. We got some pizza together. Nice. And how great is that, you know? That's cool. And that's so neat that the world allows for that kind of stuff. The internet allows for that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, when WWDC happened and the the keynote was going through, the amount of people that were just saying all this, like, negativity about everything that was being announced was, was pretty unreal. And, I mean, that's something that's, like, pretty mundane. There's obviously much bigger things that people can argue about and get mad about on the internet. And it seems like that's happening maybe a little more than it used to. Or or maybe I'm just more cognizant of it. Uh, or maybe everyone is more cognizant of it. I'm not exactly sure how it goes. But, yeah, I'm trying to figure out where where that fits for me in my life today. And I'm not sure where, where before it was so clear-cut. Yeah, this is part of my my day. This is part of the thing that I do every day. And now it just isn't. And I, I guess you're probably in the same boat if you're not using it every day yourself.
1: Right, right. I know I'm, I'm very sensitive to the, the negative, the negativity that comes with that. Some of that, I have some theories on why certain areas of Twitter are highly negative and some of that might just be a training of uh, I guess the desire to get like the retweets and the likes and people have a tendency to retweet and like very extreme tweets. Right. It doesn't matter if it's extremely good or extremely bad but extremely like negative ones tend to get more attention and because of that we tend to be drawn to it. So that's part I think in theory of what's going on and it seems like the there are certain people that are more prone to doing that and I try not to follow said people. Sometimes I really want to follow them just because I like the the, the stuff they're doing in productivity and technology. Right. But I, I try to skim past some of the negativity that comes out uh, as a result. But you know, take take the touch bar. Come full circle here. There was a lot of people that were very like, this is a gimmick. It's just a it's a fun thing. It's not actually going to be useful. And here I am looking at it, thinking this can completely change the way I do email. So. <laughs> Like okay, I'm not really sure if I should trust all of these reviews because I'd rather formulate my own opinion on it. I think if you get to that point where you're okay skipping past some of the reviews and not worrying so much about what other people are saying about something and being willing to formulate your own opinion on it, that's where you can start to be okay with this stuff. But at the same time, how much of that stuff do I want to have to filter? This is why I don't do Twitter first thing in the morning because I'm I don't want to put myself in that mindset where I have to filter a whole bunch of
0: stuff right away in the morning. Right, exactly. And there's no amount of mute words or block words that will make that filtered list perfect. No, I I could load it up and still not get it all done. Exactly. Well, I think part of it is I just realized that I never want to be mindlessly scrolling for scrolling sake, you know? Right. Like I unfollowed a bunch of people on Instagram. I really wanted to scale back the amount of things that I could possibly see in a day. So I think I'm following like 60 people now, which is a lot less than it used to be. And in fact, it was one of those funny things where Instagram really doesn't want you to unfollow people in mass. Right. I had to literally do it one by one. I think there's like a limit where after a certain amount of unfollows, it just stops letting you for like an hour (laughs) or two. So I had to like do it over the process of days, which is pretty, pretty wild. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's what's funny is you said you said a while ago that one of the things that you do sometimes is just stare at a wall. <laughs> and to yep. me, that sounds so strange and so unusual. And really, honestly, it, it just shouldn't. That shouldn't be something that feels wrong in our society today, to sit in silence and to do nothing for a moment. You have to have those moments of doing nothing to ever let your mind rest and have its own original thoughts and have moments of breakthrough or inspiration. And I think we're We are dangerously at a point where we don't allow that to happen. I know that I am personally at a point where I don't allow that to happen. I would much rather have something to do at any given moment than ever give myself a moment to just stare. Well, you have to be okay with silence, both
1: in your brain and outside of your brain. And yeah. when you have something like an iPhone or an iPad that's within reach, like, we're, we're kind of afraid of that silence. And those devices make it very easy to make the silence go away. And it, it's something that I found, you know, you said, you know, whenever we go into this world of absence, you tend to come up with cool ideas. Well, you know, whenever I do this staring at the wall thing, I, I tend to do it whenever I'm stuck on something, like take a development, for example, if I'm stuck on a, a specific, specific function or some method I'm trying to write in code but if I get stuck on that and I don't know what's coming next that's what I do a lot of times is I, I stop working on the computer you know where, where I'm sitting right now it's about five feet behind me there's a sectional behind me with a whiteboard on one wall I'll sit on that sectional couch and look at the whiteboard because it's usually empty because I clear it after I take a picture of it because you know data input. So I'll stare at that whiteboard, I don't know, maybe three or four minutes. It doesn't take very long. And typically that really short break is about all it takes to reset my mind. And I can usually come back and solve that problem right away. Mm. So that's become a very important part to my development is to step away from the computer.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's totally true. I think that's, that is what I'm trying to, to have that balance in my life. I don't think that necessarily the best thing for me is to get rid of my Twitter Get rid of social networks. That That is like an extreme that people jump to is, well, I just don't want to have a phone at all anymore because I find myself constantly on it. But I think that what I do want is to reintegrate silence and nothingness into my life as opposed to constantly feeling distracted.
1: So a, a book that I've recommended to a couple people here recently, The End of Absence. Have I talked about this with you? No. Okay. So The End of Absence by Michael Harris. It is about this exact issue of how having all of these different computers, and and it doesn't even have to be computers, it could even be newspapers that you just keep with you and you're always reading short bits all the time. But having things with you like that, that allow you to jump back and forth between between things and not focus on something, it, it can have a very big impact on your brain. And he makes the argument that as we reach, I guess, saturation with computers, where you have them at your disposal at all times, the more you do that, the less you're able to think through things on your own. So that's, that's his argument. So I would I would recommend you go read that. If that's something you're interested in, he he has a lot of arguments for how to come about introducing absence back into your life in the world where everything is hyper-connected. Hmm. I really enjoyed
0: it. I definitely want to read that. To, to bring my wife back up, actually, it was funny because she's very, very much I mean, both of us are, and I would include you in this list of people, but I definitely would consider myself a digital native. I feel very, very at home on the Internet. My wife is just the same. And yesterday she turned to me and said, oh, my gosh, I just saw the future and showed me that basically on Snapchat. Now they have these these video stories that are basically reality TV shows built into Snapchat. Oh yeah. That's something that I know they've been doing for a long time is actually making long form video specifically for the app, which is really funny to me. I have to imagine, I don't know how they do it, but I imagine that they, uh, whenever they film like with a real camera that they probably just have to like stick markers, like, a borders on the uh the screen, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Like, okay, well we're we're shooting in 16 by nine, but I guess we can only use literally the opposite in this weird portrait mode. And yet it must be really just strange to to shoot that. But anyways, that's a whole nother thing. (laughs) You would think of this. (laughs) I would. I would be like, that's just so so weird to me to think about how to actually film that. That must be kind of annoying. But um she was saying basically she was like shocked at the concept of reality TV being in her Snapchat. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, what's so what's so weird about that? She's like, well, it's just is so crazy that now you could spend like half an hour in Snapchat just watching a TV show. And I said to her, I was like, well, I mean, that's like not new. I don't understand what the difference is. And for her, I think she's never really considered her phone a place to like hang out for a long, long time and just like veg out. Oh, yeah. You know, when she wants to like watch a TV show, she does it on a television or like at least her laptop, but never on a phone. But of course, I mean, that's something that many people have been doing for a long, long time now. I used to live with a guy who he would watch movies on his phone every night before bed. He never turned on a TV. So this this isn't new stuff, but it does hint at a new paradigm that's been creeping up on us very slowly, which is basically give every moment of your life to your screen. It's actually not even that shocking to me because what we've been doing is just giving our lives to different screens at different times. And now it's just being consolidated on one that you always have on you. But I think for someone like Christine, my wife, it just it just felt weird to her, unusual for her to see that being done so blatantly. And I think that's the thing, is it's actually been very it's been it's been a creeping reality. It hasn't been a, a shocking reality. And I think that as time goes on, we're gonna be seeing more and more of it and we're gonna be less and less in tune with silence. And I I don't wanna be a part of that, to be honest.
1: What was the when Apple Music came out, it wasn't long after they released it that they they brought in DJs to curate. Beats 1. Different stations. Yeah, they, they started to do that. And there were a lot of people that were like, this is awesome. It's nice to have a DJ that actually curates the music for it. And I couldn't help but wonder, like, you, you know that's just normal radio, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not new.
0: <laughs> we are reinventing everything. Yeah. We're, we're going to reinvent television, radio. I mean, we got it all. Don't worry. We're going to come <laughs> back full circle to all these ideas that's <laughs> pretty great it's just how it goes